I'm gonna make him an offer again. I feel the need, the need for speed. He's watched every movie more than once. He's Stephen Fennick. Go ahead, make my day. He's watched the latest Disney movies with his kids, uh, but that's about it. He's Trevor Long. You talking to me? Together they bring you the best movies you've never seen. I will look for you. I will find you. And I will kill you. Rent BioStream, the latest and greatest movies on Fetch. Watch on a big screen Hisense TV. Say hello to my little friend! The best movies you've never seen. The first rule of Fight Club is... You do not talk about Fight Club. With Stephen Fennick and Trevor Long. This is the captain. Brace for impact. Hello and welcome to the best movies you've never seen. How good is this? A movie podcast about great movies that I really enjoy. My name is Stephen Fennick and I'm able to show them for the very first time, most more often than not, to my good mate Trevor Long, who is building his movie library steadily week to week. Trev, By the welcome. day I become Roger Ebert. <laughs> You're on not. your way. You're on your way. That's his name, right? Roger your Ebert. Your favourite yeah. reviewer. One of my favourite yeah. reviewers. Oh, he's yeah. up there. <laughs> uh, today we're doing Ocean's Eleven. Came out in 2001, uh, starring, what a cast, George oh. Clooney, Brad Pitt, Matt Damon, Julia Roberts, Andy Garcia, Elliot Gould, and that's not even the whole cast. And and I know you're going to the cast, but this is yes. this is at the height of their fame. It's not like oh, these yeah. are up and comers. This, this is, is them blockbuster cast. A hundred yeah. each of these cast members. Of course, it was a remake of the 1960 version. You know, there was an earlier version of this movie. I was not aware of that. Yeah, it's a remake of the 1960 version, starring similar star-studded lineup: Frank Sinatra. I was just going to say, was Frank Sinatra in it? Dean Martin. What? Sammy Davis Jr. Angie Dickinson, Cesar Romero, probably, and they were at the top of their game in 1960. So this is a remake. You didn't know that was, was that any good? I've, I had no great. idea. Yeah, it was excellent. That's why they remade it. It was so good. <laughs> oh my god! There you go. That is See? legit. I've, and spoiler alert. Yeah, I've seen this movie. Yes, and I had no idea. That's, there you go. Mate, you've blown my mind. The original was uh, yes, 1960. Now, director Steven Soderbergh had an idea to save a bit of money. With the movie. Right. And the idea he had was to shoot it in black and white. Warner Brothers said, uh, no, you're not going to do that. You're going to shoot it in colour. How much money would that save? Well, but, well I think I think with the start, the, 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 the cast and I don't know what the budget was like, but he was looking at making it more artier. And I don't know, his, his idea to save money was to shoot it in black and white, but they said, no, you're not. Oh, okay. The screenwriter, Ted Griffin, now he drew his inspiration from one of your favourite movies. The Great Escape oh. and the Magnificent – we'll do Magnificent Seven, the original Magnificent Seven. It's this great Western. Western. Again, star-studded cast, seven okay. people in the cast. And he wanted that sort of feel, sort of where 
a group of people had like a shorthand for each other where they knew how they were going to act right. in, in, a, in a sort of a, a the, gotcha. in the in the scheme of things. Yep. So he wanted like the Great Escape had the, you know how they all had to yep. all had to work together to and make it work. They all had their own. So set it, job. it was like a heist, but then they the, the, what they were gaining was their uh, their freedom. Right. So the, he wanted that sort of look and feel as well. Wow. So you have seen this before, yep. but your memory isn't the best. This, let's admit it. Yeah. So what we you, you you kind of obviously knew Vegas great cast. What were your impressions is, going into this one? Uh, alongside Great Escape and Shawshank, this would be among the movies I could. I could do a storyboard for pretty right, broadly, okay. yeah. Um, but it's there's these scenes within it which we'll get to that I I don't even remember. I'm yeah. like just they're not inconsequential scenes, but mm. I just don't remember them happening. Don't. But I certainly knew the broad plot of it. I would have named multiple actors in it, yeah, because it is without asking her. This is my wife's favourite movie. I wonder why. Is, oh. it, is it because of – is it – no, be, being serious, yeah. obviously some great-looking cast there, like yeah. Brad Pitt, George Clooney. It's, you know, I think she loves eye. Vegas as much as I do. There you go. I was going to ask that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So we, we both uh, are drawn to Vegas through our many, many visits over yep. 20 years, in your case, to, to yep. CES, the Consumer Electronics Show. Yep. Um, I got married in Vegas, so Amanda loved Vegas wow. back then. So I think – You're fully invested. Yeah, we're, we're, we're big on Vegas in our house, okay. and I think that – I think Julia Roberts. I think it's a great movie, and I, yeah. I think uh, I don't Good think story. she's. Yeah. I don't think my wife is massive into the eye candy of a movie like this. Right, but I don't think it hurt, hurts. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. She enjoys the the, the whole yeah. story. The, the so whole... my 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 kids have seen this movie in parts a <laughs> hundred times because it's one of those things so that we just put it. on. Yes. When you were watching it, they go. Oh, you watching when I Oceans? watched it, Harry goes, "Oh, you watching Oceans?" Yeah, oh, he just called it Oceans. Right. Yeah. He has, did he say, oh, mummy watches this every week? <laughs> no, but when Amanda saw me watching, she goes, what are you watching this for? We've seen it a hundred oh. times. I went, yeah, but there's bits yeah. and pieces. Fennec told me I've got to watch it. Yeah. This yeah <laughs> it's my work. I'm, I said I'm working, honey. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, let's hear from Peter Travers' review oh. in Rolling Stone. Yep. Clooney's effortless star power is a thing of beauty. Hmm. He'd own the movie if Elliot Gould and Carl Reiner didn't steal every scene therein. Soderbergh treats these old pros and unfor- with unforced affection. The whole film is relaxed, a caper with no guns, no gore, scant use of the F word, and Soderbergh's assured style is a tonic. The laughs keep coming down to the final credits, and including the credits included introducing Julia Roberts, as if it was her very first movie. Right. Yeah, that's in it too. Uh, yeah, that's funny in itself. Forget Oscar, Ocean's Eleven is the coolest damn thing around. Nice. Yeah, but did you notice in the in the credits I didn't it said introducing that. Julia cre- Roberts? This, was that at the start or the end? Because I noticed they were at the end. I actually still yeah, had yeah. the. So I didn't. Yeah. I didn't. Re- when the credits rolled at the end, yeah, um, I noticed it was George Clooney and all that, and I yeah. thought, oh, did, I missed it at the start. Were they there? Because nah. you know we've talked about how some movies some do, movies have some don't. End, yeah, yeah. But I, I missed the introducing thing. That's quite funny. That was a very. <laughs> it was very funny. All right, this is your last exit before the freeway. We are going to hit the tables for Ocean's Eleven. Oh, there and, it is. And uh, if you haven't seen it though, you can catch it on Fetch. Put it all on red. Um, because that's what's in the thumbnail of, of Ocean's Eleven. The number 11 was in red on mine. Like a chip, like a casino No, chip no, or... just the number 11 ah, right. was, was red. Was it the a... number 11 or spelled out? No. Uh, number 11? The, the, the okay. thumbnail I, I saw was, was a number okay. 11 okay. with Ocean's written in it. Anyway, um, yes, you're right. You can watch this on Fetch. You can uh, rent it on Fetch. You can also, and this is a great thing about Fetch. We've talked about this before, but genius. If you search for a piece of content, let's just say Ocean's Eleven, 
it will find you the most affordable and highest quality version to watch. So in my case, my Fetchbox knows full well I've got a Stan subscription and an Amazon Prime subscription. So it will say to me, well, let's use Stan because it knows probably Stan's my priority. And then it gives you other options if you wanted to rent or buy it. For example, you might be able to add it to your movie library. So I could have bought it and left it in my movie library. It's all about making it convenient for you to find content in the most convenient and best way possible for you. So it knows you better than you know yourself. All the streaming apps are there from Netflix, Disney+, Plus, Apple TV+, Plus is there now, Prime Video, Paramount+, Plus, Stan, all the big platforms are there on one box, plus the movie store, the movie box, all your premium channels and your free-to-air channels. It is the all-in-one entertainment box for every room in your home, and you can get it all at major retailers like uh, Bingley, Harvey Norman, JB Hi-Fi, and through internet providers like Aussie Broadband, iPrimus, Ionet, and Telstra. So check it out. Uh, details at fetchtv.com.au. So you've seen it now yep. again. The latest, the fresh, fresh in your mind. What are your impressions of this? I can see why this is rewatchable. Actually, yeah. that was a thing for me watching it. Going, I, I don't remember discovering new things, but but I remember looking at it, you know, through a different lens. Like, yep. oh, why they did that? And one of the things that that was funny to me was the two younger guys in the uh, not not Matt Damon, the two other guys in it that are kind of together. They're buddies, Virgil and Turk. They, they appear yeah. so much. In, yes. in the casino, you're thinking, how would they not pick up on the fact that these <laughs> blokes are like they, they're constantly in different roles and things? And so little things like that I kind of took and noticed. But, you know, it's just a great storyline because you unpack it. And I knew what happened at the end with Julia Roberts, but I, uh, there was a point there where I went, when does that – how does that come together? How does she get surprised by that thing? And, like, it was just mm. – it's it's a very rewatchable movie. Just, and it isn't, as, yeah. the, as the review said. It's not gory. No. Not massively there's violent. Not, I can't recall. There's no not one gunshot in the whole movie. No, like, uh, and he said there's not much swearing. I don't remember yeah, any. I to be honest, that jumped either. out at me. Yeah, and and so my kids have definitely watched this movie, yep. even though it's probably rated well above them. It's at least an M, I would have thought. Yep. Um. And yeah, I just it's a great fun story. And as someone who loves Vegas, it, it's for me it's yeah. massively rewatchable. And your tweet would be. My tweet on this one would be get around Ocean's Eleven, just enjoy Las Vegas without the Grand Prix. Um, <laughs> and uh, and it is, of all the oceans, it is the best. Oh, yeah, the others pale in comparison, like mm. the 12 and 13. Just really, I don't know which is were, which. They were good at average. But the, the one, one with the, the big tw- banks tower. 12 is when they're in Amsterdam, I think, Amsterdam, and then 13 they're back in Vegas and Al Pacino's in it. Yeah, yeah. that one, I, I don't mind that good, one, but it's, it good, pushes it a little bit too yeah, far. Yeah, I think the original is the best. Without a doubt. Okay. Uh, I watched this at Randwick Ritz with my wife. Nice. In the theatre and rewatched it, of course, multiple times, but it did create that fascination for Vegas. Yeah, right. And it was, uh, I got to know that a few years later. My first CES, I think, was three years later. Yeah, right. And so I'm thinking, oh, wow, the Bellagio, the Mirage, the MGM Grand. I'm remembering Ocean's Eleven, thinking, yeah, wow. Yeah. And still today, you, you, you look at the fountains. Uh, of of the Bellagio, you know that famous scene at the end of the movie. Yeah, I'm thinking there, there, that this this is where they stood you stand right here. there. That's right. Yeah, you can stand right there. Yeah. So it did create that uh, that uh, that fascination for for the Sin City. Well, Harry sat with me through a bit of the start of the movie, and we'll get to it obviously. But there's a bit we probably don't won't delve into in the run through where. Um, they pull up a manhole cover and they jump in on on the strip just outside the, yeah. the fountains. And yeah. I said to Harry, "That's probably the the manhole that Carlos Sainz hit on the weekend." 
<laughs> was it was a big, big one? Yeah, was that's it exactly what Harry said. Harry yeah. said it was much smaller. Was smaller I went, one. okay, well, you, might, you see my point here, mate, you know? Yeah. It was just the, the well, fun of that. <laughs> when the Grand Prix was, and for those listening, the Grand Prix was in Vegas just at, before the time of recording. Yeah. And, um, I can remember thinking, wow, look how fast. Look, that's the, the main strip. Yeah. They're flying down the strip there. Yeah. It, was, it was incredible. For tune into the, t- also, the uh, Two also, Blokes there podcast. There was a wide shot of the Palazzo and the Venetian and stuff. Yeah. And Harry goes, oh, this is before the sphere. You know, <laughs> it, it actually yeah. slowly dates because of yeah. the development of the strip in such a way course, yeah. that this movie only slowly dates itself. But it's still, funny. But, but the three major casinos there, yeah. they, they took a bit of liberty with the with the geography of the MGM Grand. Yes. Uh, but the it, if you're going to Vegas today and seeing this movie, it's still quite it recognisable. Yeah, it's still, it's right. still recognisable, yeah. yeah. All right, let's jump into the cast and what a cast this is. Wow. Okay, George Clooney plays Danny Ocean, and of course he was in he was he was in Michael Clayton. He won an Oscar as Best Supporting Actor for Michael Clayton. We'll get to that. Up in the Air is a sort of another one of my hidden gems, which we'll do also. Up in the Air. Up in the Air. Uh, it's about a guy who his job is to go around to the various parts of the company and sack people to tell them they're, they're downsizing right. and how to, how to handle it. And he's just he's nearing a million miles on his fruit and fly car because he's always flying. That's why it's caught up in the air. Mm-hmm. Uh, another good film of his was The American. Really good. Uh, that was a good good film. Perfect Storm was based on a true story to him and Mark Wahlberger in that about the uh, the the, per, the the biggest storm ever to hit North America. You know, off the off uh, Nantucket uh, up in that part of the world. That wow. was a, that was a great movie. Brad Pitt plays Rusty Ryan, and he was in. Of course, we've done Fight Club. You knew, you reckon you remember him? Yeah, from I Fight do Club. remember that. Yeah, he was in World War Z, which we're going to do. That's World a War zomb- Z? zombie movie. No, nah, mate, I don't awesome. want to do zombie movies. Awesome. They're horrible. Nah, That's just stupid. We're doing it. No, we're not. Troy, he was in. That's a, remember about the historical film Troy. He was also in more recently in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Actually, won Best Supporting Actor Oscar for that as well. Right, he's a, he's an Oscar winner now. Yeah, man, I mean, he, if he was better looking, he'd probably win. <laughs> Julia Roberts plays Tess Ocean. Just she quietly, was, of course. I know she's attractive, and yeah, everyone she's says beautiful, that. Beautiful, yeah. But there is, there's a quality to there's her. There's just something. Yeah, I think that's what makes her a movie star, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Like I was thinking that yeah. what, in the scene. I think yeah. it's where. Um, it might be where, she, where uh, Brad Pitt first sees her and she's just walking out. In the she has no role. Yeah. She's just walking out. And yeah. you go, this woman is just – she's just beautiful. There's yeah. just something that you can't describe yep. about her flawless beauty. That, Absolutely. That's why she's a movie star as well, uh, obviously being no, great you're right. She has a quality. But yeah, she can act, but yeah. she has that quality. Yeah, I agree. Uh, she was also, of course, her, her iconic role was Pretty Woman. She won an Oscar for Erin Brockovich. That's based yes. on a true story. She plays the. We're gonna woman, do that. Erin Brockovich. Yeah. Okay. Good. It's on the list, mate. Mate. And she the was list. also in. <laughs> it's in this mystical long list. She was also in My Best Friend's Wedding as well, which was directed by an Australian. Now the script was sent to Julia Roberts. For a note: uh, George Clooney's a bit of a joker. Sent her the script with a twenty-dollar bill on it. And the message says, "I hear you're getting twenty a picture now." Ah, uh, twenty million. Yeah, <laughs> this uh, that's uh, referencing that's the fact she was become she became the highest paid actress at that's that time. That's so good. Twenty million. Imagine that. Twenty million dollars to make I a movie. I do struggle with that. To yeah, be honest. that's incredible, isn't it? Yeah, that's pretty good. Matt Damon plays Linus. Where's he at in his career at this point? He has had he done already, Goodwill. Yes, and- he has. Yeah, Goodwill Hunting he'd already made. <laughs> uh, I think he was. This is pre Born Identity. 
Okay. But he, the, he'd already made Goodwill Hunting. I think he'd already made the Rainmaker with um, Francis Ford Coppola. So again, he's not he's not on the up. He's, oh, he's, he's in. No, he's yeah. on the up. No, he's on the up. No, but he's, no, he's a star. He's, he's, he's already won an Oscar he's for Goodwill Hunting. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, that's what hunting. I mean yeah. by this being ridiculous. But then he made. We've also we've done Goodwill Hunting. Yep. We've also done The Martian. Yes. Which is in. Uh, Born Identity. We'll get to The Departed. We'll get to. That's a film Scorsese movie. Uh, his part though, as Linus Caldwell, the pickpocket, it originally went out to Mark Wahlberg. But at the time, mm. Mark Wahlberg had committed to star in the remake of Planet of the Apes, mm. which was rubbish. Yeah. So big mistake. He's probably looking back thinking, damn it, I could have been in Ocean's I don't 11. think he's looking back on much. Probably He's not. doing very probably. well. He's killing yeah. it, yeah. <laughs> Andy Garcia plays Terry Benedict. Yep. And he was in – I'm wondering if you can it's remember funny. the I, movie. I couldn't have we, named him if you asked me to. Were we, the movie we've covered on the show was his very first film that no, he made. nothing. The Untouchables. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was the young member that they recruited. Remember when Sean Connery said, "He goes, if you want to, if you want to make sure you're getting something pure, you go to the tree. Yes, you don't want. If you don't want a rotten apple, you go to the tree." And so they went to the police academy to get this young rookie mm. who hadn't been corrupted by the system, and that was him, Andy Garcia. There you go. Yeah, remember when he insulted him first? He goes, he goes, oh, he's a wop. You can't trust the wop. Remember that? No. And he goes, oh, guess what you say? <laughs> and he goes, yeah, well, this is the bloke. <laughs> yeah, anyway, I'm going to retell no, the whole I movie. No, I do remember that now. Yeah. They, and they, they went to the gun range and everything. That's it. Yes. That's it. A great show. He's also in, and this is another hidden gem favourite of mine. We'll do this soon. Black Rain. He was in opposite Michael Douglas. Great, great movie okay. we're going to do. Uh, Godfather Part 3, he was also in as well. Godfather 3. Are we not going to do any other Godfathers? Are you a bit... We're going to do Godfather 2, yeah, in the next next year we'll do Godfather 2. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's near the end of this year, so. I understand. Uh, but also, look, also in the cast, Elliot Gould, Don Cheadle, Casey Affleck, which is Ben Affleck's brother, Scott Kahn, which is James Kahn's son, Bernie Mac, Carl Reiner. Carl Reiner plays the, yeah. you know, the older guy the older. Who, who pretends to be the the the, the arms dealer with, yes. the, with the case. Um, and so among this, right, Film includes six Academy Award winners. So Casey Affleck won an Oscar. This is after the fact, right? So Casey Affleck went on to win an Oscar. Matt Damon had already won an Oscar for Best Screenplay for Goodwill Hunting. Brad Pitt went on to win an Oscar. George Clooney won an Oscar for the uh, for Michael Clayton. Julia Roberts ends up winning an Oscar for Aaron Brockovich. Steven Soderbergh won for Best Director. And uh, three Academy Award nominees as well. Andy Garcia was nominated. Don Cheadle nominated. Elliot Gould nominated. So what about that for star it, power? There aren't many movies that not, have la that level of star power, are there? Not at all. Not Which at has all. to be a massive part of its success. And budget. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. I, I reckon they probably would have said, listen, we can't give you your full quote up front, yeah, but how about you take back. a bit, take the back end? I reckon that's how they got through. I don't know that for, for sure, but... Like George You're Clooney, right, sense. he'd be a twenty million. He'd be a ten, fifteen, twenty million dollar bloke then. Yeah. Brad Pitt would be on ten, fifteen, twenty million as well then. Julie Julia Roberts, we knew, 20. was on twenty. So, the, but You're just, just hundred million just, just those on cast. three. Yeah, just those yeah, that's three. That's true, and it's not exactly a cheap no. production. And, and Steven Soderbergh, great director too. Sort of was a director that was coming out of indie independent films. Mm. This was sort of his first major, like massive Hollywood, like studio film. So I think he sort of made it economically as well. I think because he, he's an indie, indie filmmaker, he was sort of a bit of a guerrilla filmmaker. He could make stuff on the cheap. So I reckon that helps keep the budget down. I look forward to hearing yeah. about that. Okay. Well, before we dive into the run-through, let's talk about our other great sponsor, and that is Hisense. If you're in the market for a TV, 
then don't look past the Hisense Mini LED X. If you're looking for quality and size, they've got 75-inch and 85-inch in, in this range. This is the top-of-the-line Mini LED television, the UX series, and it is powered by their brilliant new Mini LED X technology. So this delivers amazing performance, incredible contrast, brilliant brightness, amazing color accuracy. So it's the ultimate mini LED home entertainment experience. So you, we, we talk about all these movies, but your enjoyment is increased by the quality of the picture and the quality of the audio, which the TV can provide. So mini LED X combines with their existing quantum dot technology. So you're going to experience incredible visuals and unparalleled lifelike contrast as well, as well as that impressive trademark bright picture. It also has Hisense's state-of-the-art proprietary HiView Engine X, which is powered by AI. So it simulates the human brain pattern, processes and optimizes images and sounds to ensure the best possible outcome. It has also Dolby Vision IQ and HDR10 adaptive so that the 4K image looks incredible thanks to the dynamic tone mapping as well. And that's just on the picture quality side. Let's talk about the audio side. It also has Cinestage X 4.1.2 surround sound on board. So not only looks great, but sounds great as well. And of course, if you're a gamer or if you like watching sport, there are modes here to make the TV perform even better. So in terms of watching sport, there's the, the smooth motion. So it really smooths everything out so that those fast-moving images of sport, even action films, it really makes them look even better. And if you're a gamer, of course, you've got everything there, variable refresh rate, auto low latency mode, so you're getting the most out of the game, as much enjoyment out of a game and a sport as you would a movie. If you want to check it out for yourself, I encourage you to head into a store, stand in front of the TV and judge for yourself the quality or head to the website, highsense.com.au. Okay, the movie starts and it's Daniel Ocean. Daniel, in very front of the In front of the parole board. Mm. Uh, he says he's been involved in a few robberies but was never charged. Mr. Ocean, the purpose of this hearing is to determine whether if released you are likely to break the law again. While this was your first conviction, you have been implicated, though never charged, in over a dozen other confidence schemes and frauds. What can you tell us about this? As you say, ma'am, I was never charged. Mr. Ocean, what we're trying to find out is, was there a reason you chose to commit this crime? Or was there a reason you simply got caught this time? My wife left me. I was upset. I got into a self-destructive pattern. If released, is it likely you'd fall back into a similar pattern? She already left me once. I don't think she'd do it again just for kicks. Mr. Ocean, <laughs> what do you think you would do if released? So that's when he sort of... Great gives, music gives in this movie, a, yeah, too. Great, brilliant. bit of yeah. mix of Elvis and just some great yes. music. Oh, it's fantastic. Was this when, you know, a little less conversations? Yes. That hit the charts again... As a result during of this, this, that's part of part of the show, mate. Okay, part right. of the show, okay? <laughs> Don't jump ahead there, Trev buddy. doesn't have all the info <laughs> Steve's going to bring, but I'm, I'm pumped. I've got so many questions. <laughs> so he's released and heads straight to Atlantic City, which just just then Brad Breach, oh, he was in New Jersey anyway, so he's still yeah, in Atlantic City. Because I noticed that the, the police... When he walked out of jail, yeah. it was NJ yeah, so PD or something. So I'm like, yeah. I knew, it had, yeah. took me a minute. New Jersey, and then and is Atlantic City in New Jersey? So, well, yeah. So, yeah, so when still I, in the same state. when I, when he was 
you know, uh, he released, he goes to see yeah. one of his mates, yep. uh, the blackjack dealer. Frank. Yep. Frank. He and, goes, no, um, sir, their name's Ramon. And he's like, but you realise straight away that's, okay, they're going to yeah. meet up. And <laughs> and that was when I was thinking, so is this Vegas or is this Atlantic, no, Atlantic City? City? And then I realised yeah. it was in New Jersey, so Still he Jersey. hadn't left the state. Correct. And uh, he reveals to Frank that uh, they may, may have a job he could use him for. Yeah. Next stop. Hollywood, mm. and he's already violated his parole here too, by the way. Yeah, he's left that's the state. no good. So uh, he's gone off to see Rusty, who we find is teaching teen Hollywood stars how to play poker. Yeah. Now, those stars are real stars. No, that's right. Okay, so Topher the list Grace. of them there. Topher Grace, you got him there. Um, so he was from Josh. This hot Josh Jackson from Dawson's Creek. I knew, I knew yeah, he's yeah. from Dawson's Creek, but yeah. I didn't know his name. So it's Holly Marie Combs of Charmed, Topher Grace, The 70s Show, Josh Jackson, Dawson's Creek. Barry Watson from Seventh Heaven and Shane West of Once and Again. So they were like at the time, do you gotta remember this was two thousand and one? They were like big TV they stars. They were big TV stars at right. the time. So uh he was too, they were kind of playing themselves. Yeah. He, Rusty even calls Topher Topher. He goes, Yes, oh, that's Topher. right, he does. At one point he says Topher, his name, yeah. Topher says, Listen, I, I might have to pay you by check and he goes, yeah. Let's just stick to cash. Yeah, he goes, Yeah, good idea, yeah. Topher. His yeah. manager's trying to get <laughs> tell him he can write it off as a <laughs> as a training for an for a role. He comes back in the room, though, finds Danny sitting at the table. Yeah. And uh, he wins They're like, the oh, hand. we've got another player. Yeah. And he wins the hand. I love this scene where he goes, oh, look, he's trying to buy his way out of the bluff here, guys. And he actually had a good hand. But here. let me ask you this. Yeah. So Danny and Rusty are sitting opposite sides of the table with the Hollywood stars. And, and you know, Danny is pushing up the, the, yes, the bid. The pot. Gets to, the pot gets huge. It's thousands of dollars. Yeah, and raise and Rusty's like, don't worry about him. He's bluffing and stuff, right? Turns out. He wasn't bluffing. You reckon they were working together to get exactly. the Exactly. Yeah, like, is that too. them across the they table were, going, yeah. well, mate, yeah. these blokes, have, these people have all got money. <laughs> Let's, this is, we're back. Yeah, I reckon that. Don't you reckon? I definitely reckon that. Yeah. Yes. And he helped him win the hand. Because Topher, yeah. you know, rolls his eyes at him, basically says, oh, shit, yeah, cheers. Yeah. Thanks for the, thanks, thanks, thanks for the heads up on the, <laughs> thanks for the heads up on the, on the bluff yeah. or something like that. <laughs> so, yeah, afterwards, though, uh, they're having a bit of a drink and he reveals to Rusty that he's got the ultimate job in mind. The vault at the Bellagio. Mm. <laughs> Oof. Well, if I'm reading this right, and I'd like to think that I am, this is probably the least accessible vault ever designed. Yep. You said three casinos? These feed into the cages at the Mirage, the MGM Grand, but every dime ends up there. The Bellagio, the Mirage, these are Terry Benedict's places. Yes, they are. You think you'll mind? More than somewhat. <laughs> think you'll mind. <laughs> so they decide here, they say, right, we need we need to bankroll this. Yeah. Okay. So they go and see their mate Ruben, who's played by Elliot Gould. Yes. And uh, he, you can tell he's a bit of a high flyer. They, they insinuate also that yeah. this, uh, this Benedict um, yes. has some enemies. He does. So well, we'll find they, that out they in need a to, They need to... They need to be talking to someone who's just, not a friend. They want well. They want to discuss the plan, mm. and I love the reaction that Ruben gives them. You're out of your goddamn minds. Are you listening to me? You're both of you nuts. I know more about casino security than any man alive. I invented it, and it cannot be beaten. They got cameras. They got watches. They got locks. They got timers. They got vaults. 
So he's basically says you're nuts. Yeah, which we heard. But their entire reason for going yes, there was then, because this bloke hates Terry Benedict. Now he asked the question about which casinos they're hitting. Yeah. Look, just out of curiosity, which casinos did you geniuses pick to rob? Bellagio, it's the Bellagio, the Mirage, and the MGM Grand. Those are Terry Benedict's casinos. Is that right? That's right. You guys, what do you got against Terry Benedict? What do you have against him? That's the question. He torpedoed my casino, muscled me out. Now he's gonna blow it up next month to make way for some gaudy monstrosity. Don't think I don't see what you're doing. What are we doing, Ruben? You're gonna steal from Terry Benedict. You better goddamn know. This sort of thing used to be civilized. You'd hit a guy, he'd whack you done. But with Benedict, at the end of this, he better not know you're involved, not know your names, or think you're dead, because he'll kill you. And then he'll go to work on you. <laughs> That's why we had to be very careful, very precise, mm. well-funded. Yeah. You gotta be nuts, too. They, they played him, too. Yeah, they, Ruben, they, Ruben, as I said, they played on his. They little, said back at yeah, the bar yeah. that they got to find yeah. his enemies to work with, yeah. and that's exactly why they Boom. went there. Yeah. They intentionally so, knew they knew he was going to say no, yeah. and they intentionally had a little yeah. joke on the way out, and they knew that he'd fall for it, hook, line, and sinker. So, so it was genius. It was he's well played. Ruben's financial backing, and now the sec next section of the movie is now assembling the crew. Yeah. Uh, the first because they, they talk about needing, you know. Oh yeah, he said, "Oh, we need this." Twelve and or that. thirteen people, doesn't yeah. It? And he, he was, and he was sort of given each of them on terms. We need an Ella Fitzgerald. We need this. We need that. Yeah. And that's sort of describing people's various skills. Yeah, but Turk and, and, uh, and Virgil are classic. And I, this is a scene that I, I I've seen so many times because I'm a yes. car nut as well. And it's it's so well shot because it's a, this it's this truck in the, in American terms. On a, on a start line, and then you realise it's a remote control a truck because truck. a bigger one pulls up. It's the, it's the same, eh? The same yeah, truck. Yeah, it's the same. Yeah. They're, they're, they're mates. They've got the same uh, paint <laughs> job on it and all that kind of stuff, and one of them rolls off the, the, the remote control car. Yeah. The other guy's driving, and in the end he realises he's losing, so he just turns yeah. into it and smashes it. It's a great thing. Knocks it out. Really now, well shot. That, that They were played by um, Casey Affleck right. and uh, Scott Kahn. Now, some real inside, inside, inside baseball here, right? Mm. The names of their characters. No. Okay, here's we're going to dive deep in a little bit here. Okay, Virgil and Turk. Now, yeah. Scott Kahn's father was in The Godfather, and Virgil and the Turk were the name was the name of the gangster Virgil Solozzo, whose nickname was the Turk. In, in in that movie, yeah, I'm positive it didn't officially say this, but I'm positive the writer. Had that it, that he named the character for that those characters for that reason. Wow, yeah, that's how deep I've dived into that this is one. Wild. Uh, so yeah, they've got those two together. So the Malloy brothers, there they are, Turk and Virgil. Uh, but to take charge of the electronics, they go to Livingston Dell and they find him. He's on a bit of a surveillance job. And I love it when the the two police, the two uh, agents, he's in the back try, of to, a van try to with take two over feds. his tech. Livingston's been doing freelance surveillance work late for the FBI mob squad. How are his nerves? Okay. Not so bad you notice. Let's see if we can move in a little bit on this one. Don't, 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 don't touch that. Why not? Uh, 
Do you see me grabbing the gun out of your holster and just waving it around? Hey, Radio Shack, relax. Hey, Radio Shack, relax. I'm going to call you Radio Shack. It's a great line. You know, but the, you know what that character reminds me of? And this will not resonate with you. Radar from MASH. Yeah, I oh, know. I'm aware of Radar. Yeah. As a matter of fact, he looks like Radar. That's right. Yeah, I know who There's Radar is. There's a lot is. about his, the way yeah. he's dressed and stuff. But also, you know, that that line of, of Danny Ocean, yeah. you know, how his nerves, nerves yeah. plays out later in the film because yeah. his, his nervousness, he's his twitchy, sweating yeah. comes twitchy. into it. Correct. Uh, so they've got him on board. Now, the demolition man they want to get is Basher Tar, but uh, he we, we find him in the middle of a job. Right, remember they did a like a vault. They yeah. got into a vault yes. and, they, and the alarms went off. But then Rusty turns up and uh, and springs him. Booby traps are Mr. Tar style, isn't that right? Bash. Heck, ATF. Let me venture a guess. Simple G4 mainliner, back wound, quick fuse, with a drag under 20 feet. Yeah. Let me ask you something else. Did you search this scumbag? Booby traps on his person. I mean, really searched. Not just for weapons. Stand back. Oh, here we go. Go find Griggs. Tell him I need to see him. Who? Just find him, will ya? Hey, Bash. Hey, Russ. I'll best you put something together with what I just slipped you. It's done. <laughs> so they recruit him. <laughs> Very good. The next stop is San Diego to find their who? What they call him? Their grease man. Mm. And this is when they recruit Yen, you know, the little short Chinese circus yeah. acrobat. He's, yeah. he's uh, really small. Because they're sitting there very, watching, yeah. watching him out there. Yeah. Like, which goes, one is he? He's a little Chinese guy. Yeah. Like, that doesn't help. But and he goes, yeah, are you sure we need? And then he does this amazing yeah, tumble. Danny's and like, yeah, well, this, is, this, looks, this looks like nothing. And then he does a great tumble. And yeah. That's, that's what convinces they, yeah, him. Right, he's in. Next stop is for Rusty to head to the track in Florida to convince Saul Bloom to come out of retirement and pull off one last job. So you're going to tell me, or should I just say no and get it over with? So all you're the best there is. You're in Cooperstown. What do you want? Nothing. I got a duplex now. I got wall to wall and a goldfish. I'm seeing a nice lady who works the unmentionable counter at Macy's. I've changed. <laughs> Guys like us don't change, Saul. We stay sharper, we get sloppy. We don't change. Quit conning me. Is that your hound way in the rear there? <laughs> it breaks late. Everyone knows this. So are you going to treat me like a grown-up at least? Tell me what the scam is? So they're at the, they're at the greyhounds, the dogs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's 10 in the team. Yeah. Uh, Danny says we need an 11th member, and he decides to head to Chicago now, to recruit Linus. Just at Linus. this point, yeah. do you think... Because the number is interesting, right? It's like, how do you know 11. how many you need? Like, yeah. you, you obviously, there's some roles there, like the explosive yeah. and electronics and stuff. But do you think at this point Danny knows how the job is going to be done? Because yeah. is that why they're counting? He, he, he knows the structure of the plan and needs the different people whose skill set matches that part of the plan. Yeah. And in this instance, he notices Linus on the train, notices him pickpocket some yeah. guy on the train. Follows him. I think he pock he pickpockets him in return. Remember, and he leaves right. the card leaves in his card, pocket, yeah. and then he says, "I'll oh, meet me here at the, the some pub." Yeah, and then uh, in in walks Linus. Hello, Linus. Whose is this? Who are you? A friend of Bobby Caldwell's. You're either in or you're out. 
right now. What is it? It's a plane ticket. A job offer. Well, you're pretty trusting pretty fast. Well, Bobby has a lot of faith in you. Fathers are like that. Oh, he didn't tell you. He didn't want me trading on his name. If you do this job, he'll be trading on yours. If you don't, we'll find somebody else who won't be quite as good, and you can go back to feeling up stockbrokers. Can you get the check? <laughs> That's the best lift I've seen you make yet. Las Vegas, huh? America's playground. So yeah, so we find out that obviously um, Danny is mates with his old man. Yeah, who's uh, who's uh, Caldwell. I think he mentions his name, Billy. I think Billy Caldwell. Bobby, he calls him yeah. Bobby or Billy. So on. So he joins in. Yep. Now the team is assembled. They meet at Ruben's house in Vegas, yep. and they decide let's lay out the plan in detail. Puts out a last call and says, yes. "Boys, if you're not in, Nick that's off. it." Yeah. So he does warn them. Look, if you've got any doubts, there's the door. Gentlemen, welcome to Las Vegas. Is that right? Everybody eating? Good. Everybody's sober? Close enough. All right, before we get started, nobody's on the line here yet. What I'm about to propose to you is both highly lucrative and highly dangerous. Now, that doesn't seem like your particular brand of vodka. Help yourself to as much food as you like and have a safe journey. No hard feelings. Otherwise, come with me. And here is when he starts to lay out the plan. Now, there's these two bits of audio to explain all this. <laughs> Gentlemen, the 3,000 block of Las Vegas Boulevard, otherwise known as the Bellagio, the Mirage, and the MGM Grand. Together, they're three of the most profitable casinos in Las Vegas. Let me see. This is the vault at the Bellagio. It's located below the strip, beneath 200 feet of solid earth. It safeguards every dime that passes through each of the three casinos above it. And we're gonna rob it. Smash and grab job, huh? Slightly more complicated than that. Oh, yeah. This is courtesy of Frank Catton, new blackjack dealer at the Bellagio. Okay, bad news first. This place houses a security system that rivals most nuclear missile silos. First, we have to get within the casino cages, which anybody will tell you takes more than a smile. Next, through these doors, each of which requires a different six-digit code changed every 12 hours. Past those lies the elevator. This is where it gets tricky. The elevator won't move without authorized fingerprint identification. Which we can't fake. And vocal confirmation from both the security system within the Bellagio and the vault below. Which we won't get. Furthermore, the elevator shaft is rigged with motion detectors. Meaning if we were to manually override the lift, the shaft's exit would lock down automatically and we'd be trapped. Now once we get down the shaft though, then it's a piece of cake. Just two more guards with Uzis and the most elaborate vault door ever conceived by man. <laughs> That's, That's already point. daunting right there. Yeah, right? at this point you're like, hang on, mate. Uh, yeah. What are you talking about? How the hell are we going to do this? But uh, they, he does go on to explain, though, how much the casino is required to carry legally. This is fascinating yeah. to me if it's even close to true. You said something about good news? Yeah. The Nevada Gaming Commission stipulates that a casino must hold in reserve enough cash to cover every chip it play on its floor. That means, on a weekday, by law, it has to carry anywhere between 60 and 70 million dollars in cash and coin. On the weekend, between 80 and 90 million. On a fight night, like the one two weeks from tonight, the night that we're going to rob it, 150 million without breaking a sweat. Now, there are 11 of us, each with an equal share. You do the math. 
Exactly. I have a question. Mm -hmm. Say we get into the cage and, and through the security doors there and down the elevator we can't move and past the guards with the guns and into the vault we can't open. Without being seen by the cameras. Oh, yeah, sorry, I forgot to mention that. Yeah, well, say we do all that. Uh, we're just supposed to walk out of there with $150 million in cash on us without getting stopped? Yeah. <laughs> I love that he waits again. So he's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the plan. Amazing. So here, the plan, plans begin. They're planning the heist. They set up uh, in one of the Bellagio suites. Yeah. Very nice suite, by the way. Start studying the location. Step one is to tap into the surveillance system so they mm -hmm. can see everything and everyone. And that's uh, Dell's job. Yep. Uh, next part is to plan to build an exact replica of the vault to practice. Yep. Right? So they got this warehouse. They're going to practice their plans and allow Yen to see how he can move inside the cramped space within Without the vault. Without setting off the alarms. Yeah. So there's all like... Uh, I think like laser, like LED lights and stuff and beams that they break the beam, it sets yeah. off the alarm. Um, meanwhile, Linus has been tasked with shadowing our man, ben Benedict. Okay, tell me about Benedict. That guy's a machine. Good afternoon, Mr. Benedict. He arrives at the Bellagio every day at 2 p.m. Same car, same driver. All right, Tommy, how's it, baby? Very well, thank you. Remembers every valet's name on the way in. Not bad for a guy worth three quarters of a billion. Officers are upstairs. He works hard, hits the lobby floor at 7 on the nose. Good evening, sir. How are you, Frank? How's the time? Spends three minutes on the floor with his casino manager. What do they talk about? All business. Benedict likes to know what's going on in his casinos, likes to be in control. There's rarely an incident he doesn't know about or handle personally. Spends a few minutes glad-handing the high rollers. He's fluent in Spanish, German, and Italian, and he's taking Japanese lessons. He's getting pretty good at it. He's out by 7.30 when an assistant hands him a black portfolio. Thank you, Doc. Contents, the day's take, and new security codes. Then he heads to the restaurant. It's pretty comprehensive. He's done a good job there, yeah, Linus. Comprehensive. Great Did job. Did you notice in that scene Brad Pitt was eating, uh, like, shrimp cocktail? Yeah, we're standing there with the cocktail, yeah. like in the middle and of nowhere. Chewing, it was a very chewing strange thing. The, eating the, the shrimp, or prawns as we call them. Uh, that take, when they were filming that, he when he was eating the shrimp, he ate 40 shrimp. All the different takes, he, that's how many shrimp he kept eating during the whole time. Jeez, so that doesn't think, sound like it's going to do well for your uh, yeah, intestines. I don't think you needed dinner that night. No. So next thing is Linus tells Rusty about Benedict's girlfriend. Yeah who he instantly recognises, and we find out it's Danny's ex-wife, Tess. Tess, played by Julie Roberts. Uh, now, Rusty thinks, oh, he said he, he can see Cause now. Because early on, he's like, why, why, you, why, why are we this? doing this? Yes. Why this bloke? Why this target? This is the biggest thing ever. And, of so course, he has to confront him on that. He says, yeah, what the hell are you doing? Tell me this is not about her. Oh, I am walking. I am walking off this job right Ooh. now. Tess. Terry Benedict. Tell me this is not about screwing the guy who's screwing your wife. Ex-wife. Tell me. It's not about that. It's not entirely about that. <laughs> Russ, do you remember when we first got into this business? We said we were going to play the game like we had nothing Number to lose. lose. Well, I lost something. I lost someone. That's why I'm here. <sighs> okay, here's the problem. Now we're stealing two things. 
when push comes to shove, if you can't have both, what you gonna choose? And remember, test is not split 11 ways. If everything goes to plan, then I won't be the one that has to make that choice. So there you have it. Saul then arrives at the hotel impersonating an international arms dealer, Mr. Zerger. Uh, and he asks mm. to see Benedict. He goes, I remember he was playing at the table. And he, uh, he says, I'd like to see Mr. Benedict. Yes. And then, uh, Which, I mean, you know, yeah. do you get to see the boss of a hotel? No, but you're, when you're spending big money. And this yeah. is why, this is where I he started realizing that the yeah. bankrolling was coming in, right? Yeah. Because originally, like, why do they need Ruben to bankroll? They, you know, they've got to buy some things, but, you know, they've yeah. got to buy a lot. We see them buy yeah. cars and all this kind of oh, stuff. Yeah. But also, to be able to pull off being a high roller, you've got you to gotta roll. you got to act like a high roller. You've got to roll. Exactly right, yeah. So, uh, Danny, though, surprises Tess. At the restaurant, that restaurant, by the way, is the Picasso restaurant. I've eaten there. It's amazing. I reckon I had one of the best meals in my life there. Okay. It was like a 14-course degustation. It was incredible. I've eaten at this very restaurant wow. where they were. Um, and we find out that uh, he heads down there and wants to have a little chat. Hello, Tess. What are you doing here? I'm out. You're Thanks, man. A prison. You remember the day that I went for cigarettes and didn't come back? You must have noticed. I don't smoke. Don't sit. Now, they tell me that I paid my debt to society. Funny, I never got a check. <laughs> That's a good line. I sold it. I don't have a husband or didn't you get the papers? My last day inside. I told you I'd write. That's <laughs> another great line. <laughs> Danny. Uh. Go now before. What? Benedict? How you doing? Whiskey and whiskey. Danny. Tess, you're doing a great job curating the museum. The Vermeer is quite good, simple, vibrant, although his work definitely fell off as he got older. Remind you of anyone? And I always confuse Monet and Manet. Now, which one married his mistress? Monet. Right, and then Manet had syphilis. They also <laughs> painted occasionally. I'll make this quick. I came here for you. When I get on with my life, I want you with me. You're a thief and a liar. I only lied about being a thief. I don't do that anymore. Steal. Lie. <laughs> that <laughs> is honestly such a great. That's one of the best lines in the whole just, scenes of the movie. Just know? back to back lines. Yeah. Do you know what well, I mean? Mate, like at, as a writer. But look at the genius actors opposite each other, like Julie Roberts, George no, Clooney. Bang, not, yeah. not at all taking away from the actors. But yeah. can we just give the credit to great. the script yeah. oh, right there? It is brilliant. boom, yeah. boom, boom, yeah. back to back. Yeah. Amazing. No, that, that is a yeah. favorite scene of mine. Saul asks, he finally sees Benedict and he asks if he can stash his valuables in the casino vault. He's initially offered the safe. He yep. goes, listen, like, mate, take it easy, mate. The amount of money you. I'm spending, help me out. And he yeah. kind of convinces him. Uh, but Benedict turns up while Danny is actually still there. Do you remember what I said to you when we first met? You said that I better know what I'm doing. Do you? Now? Because truly, you should walk out the door if you don't. I know what I'm doing. What are you doing? <laughs> uh, just catching up. Terry, meet my ex-husband. Danny Ocean. Mr. Ocean? I'm in your seat. Forgive me for being late. I guess required my attention. That's fine. Danny was walking through the restaurant and spotted me. 
Is that right? Yeah, imagine the odds. Of all the gin joints in all the world. <laughs> you recently were released from prison, is that correct? That's right. How does it feel to be out? About the same. Danny was just about I just stopped by to say hi to Tess for old time's sake. Stay and have a drink. You can't. <laughs> Well then, I don't imagine we'll be seeing Mr. Ocean anytime soon, right? You never know. <laughs> ah, I know everything that's happening in my hotels. So I should put those towels back. No, the towels you can keep. <laughs> that's that's a, it's a warning at both ends. He's holding Tess's hand at this point. Yeah. And he said, and he did not even look at him. He goes, "Oh, the towels you can keep." He's sort of looking into her eyes, holding as if to say, "Mate, as if, please, I've got what I want. Look right what here. I've got. Yeah, yeah, take my towels. Catch you later." It's, a, it's yeah. again, it's a great scene. And the, well and shot. The line where he says, uh, "Of all the gin joints in all the world." Yeah, that's a line out of Casablanca. Yeah, yeah. You knew that, didn't you? I knew that was a famous movie yeah, line. That's for sure. Definitely. But see, now the next scene. If you don't have information for me, I will walk out of this. Podcast. Okay. Would you say you're talking about the demolition? Yes. Yes. So the demolition was of the and I my interpretation was the old Xanadu Hotel is is, is Ruben's, Ruben's old place. Yes. That's he's why Ruben's he's up there. on the stage. That's right? why Ruben's there. Yeah. And so they demolished the building. Yep. So are you talking about like behind the scenes info? Yes. Or? Like I want to know. Yeah, I'll tell you, I'll tell you something here. Contra- that- controversial. Okay. Okay. Controversy. Now that was pretty brief sequence, right? Where you see the Xanadu collapsing. Yes. Originally. The hotel they were going to demolish was New York, New York. As in originally in the script? Yes. Right. But what year is this? Oh, my God. Of course. 2001. 2001. So they decided that – Because New York, New York makes more a, sense on the strip as in, you as know, in for him to own that yes, property. because it's yeah. between the Bellagio yes. and that and so yeah. those clear close by, right? So what they did, they thought – they filmed it and they thought that's that looks like nine eleven again. Like we're going to all these so buildings on. collapsing. This would have been filmed. It was this movie was released, it was released in, in late oh one. Yeah, yes, late but they, so they would have. They must have filmed. Of course, it was done. It was filmed, but they oh, changed right. that. So they put used CGI to change the background. Wow. Right. So what they did, the CG backdrop was replaced before the theatrical release within this the new fictional hotel. So Xanadu, which right. didn't exist, they said, okay, let's just demolish that. But if you look in the on the disc, they've got the behind the scenes, uh, which was filmed and packaged and sent out before the film's release. You can still see the sequence of the New York, New York collapsing. Oh. Yeah. So they they thought, yeah, it might be a little bit insensitive to sort of to demolish New York buildings right. so soon after 9-11. Because right. this was late 11, the, uh, okay. 2001 it was released. And the Xanadu uh, explosion was not an actual Vegas hotel of any no. sort? Nope. It was just a demolition. It was a demo. They shot. It was a special effects, yeah. Oh, the whole thing. Uh, yeah. Looks like it was a real demo yeah, to me. Yeah, no, it wasn't. No. That they the, just superimposed. I don't know. There was no, at the time, I know they demolished casinos there often, but yeah. I don't, I, I, there was no information I could find that that was an actual demolition. Right, okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Man, New York, New York, that would have been Yeah, bad. well, that, that was the original plan. Like imagine the movie comes out Mate, in, get, get the disc in, and look at the behind the scenes. You can see but it. But imagine the movie comes out in end of August. Yeah, just before. And it's yeah, yeah. in the theatre. Well, so many films were like well, just a bit slightly off topic. The, the plane films. The, there was a, like no, there was a Spider-Man trailer, right? And the Spider-Man trailer... Uh, the end of the trailer, you know how he's Spider-Man, right? Yep. The end of the trailer, he's chasing these bad guys 
and he catches them in a web between the two World Trade Center buildings. Oh no! So the web is in there. You can see it. You can see it online. You can watch it on YouTube. But they 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 got rid of that trailer and cut that scene out of the movie as well because because it was too too mm. soon. It was too sensitive. Wow. Anyway, the demolition though. Uh, actually spoiled their plans. Basher turns up, member covered in mud, and he tells them that the weakness that he was looking to exploit for the job mm. was uncovered after the demolition of this hotel. So this this weakness, oh, hang on, look at That's this, look right. what caused it. Because this huge yeah. demolition and caused a power outage. That's right. Which was a... Which That's was, what they, they were going to use. They were going to do. Right. And so he decides, you know, we need to find a solution to this. So he's thinking, well... We need to find something else, a pinch. Hang on a minute, hang on. <laughs> we could use a pinch. What's a pinch? A pinch is a device which creates like a cardiac arrest for any broadband electrical circuitry. Or better yet, a pinch is a bomb. No, but without the bomb. See, when a nuclear weapon detonates, it unleashes an electromagnetic pulse which shuts down any power source within its blast radius. Now, that tends not to matter in most cases because a nuclear weapon usually destroys everything you might need power for anyway. But see, a pinch creates a similar electromagnetic pulse, but without the fuss of mass destruction and death. So instead of Hiroshima, you'd be getting the 17th century. How long? About 30 seconds. Could a pinch knock out the power of an entire city? Like, for instance... Las Vegas? Yeah, I think it might. What did you think of his his Cockney accent? Pretty good. Yeah, he, oh, I, he, man, I thought he was English. I've got some news for you later. It, it was not well received. Oh, yeah, right. yeah. Yes, by by who? The English? <laughs> uh, by himself. More on that later, though. Oh, yeah. Okay. I don't want to take you out of the story just yet. Okay, right. Um, so they decided they, they to get this pinch. They had to go to some California Institute of Technology. Yep. And remember, they had the van. Yep. Linus is told to stay in Linus the van. Goes, go, and he goes, "I'll stuff this," and he goes in there. Yeah, but he, he says that yeah. because the two idiots up the front are yeah, being idiots, yeah. and not, he's not like, "Mate, I've had enough of this. I'm out of here." Yeah. But he and uh, Harry again was with me at this point. He. Goes into the building at the exact same moment the doors open and they're coming out and Harry's like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so he eventually gets in the van. Yep. But as they're shutting the door of the van, Yen's hand gets gets Pinched. jammed in the door and he breaks his hand. So they're thinking, oh, God, that's another obstacle for their for yep. their goal there. Yep. Um, so uh, but the, when they get back to Vegas, when they get back to the hotel, uh, Dell has some, some bad news. We have a problem. You've been red flagged. It means the moment you set foot in that casino floor, they'll be watching you, like hawks. Hawks with video cameras. That's a problem. Any idea how this happened? No. Oh, come on. He's been chasing Benedict's girl. The two of them got in an argument two nights ago. I was telling you. And who told you to do that? I did. I was concerned you couldn't leave Tess alone. Who's Tess? My wife. Ex-wife. Tess is here? I'm sorry. I didn't know if it would sting you, but it did. You're out, Danny. He's out? It's either that or we call the whole thing off. His involvement puts us all at risk. This is not your call. Oh, you made it my call. When you put her before us, you made it mine. This is my job. Not anymore. Wait, wait, wait. He can't just be out. Who's going to trigger the vault? Kid, you up for it? I can do it. So Linus is going to take you over. So I have a massive problem with this scene. 
Why is that? Danny was meant to be in the role of Linus in the in the casino, which we see the things yep. that he does. So the things yep. that he does from this point on yep. are essentially what Danny was going to do. Yep. Right. But so now Linus is going to. Danny brought those. this upon himself. I know. He, he red flagged himself. Well, I think it's part of the con, mate. It's part of the deal. Because you got to remember. You mean he knew he was going to do this he, all along? He knew he was going to be red flagged. He knew that Benedict wouldn't let him sit in the casino. He would have taken him into custody. You know, he remember later in the movie he goes, yeah, Ocean's in the West slots. We'll find that out later. Mm, yeah. He knew he was going to be taken aside. And so I reckon that was part of the con. He wanted, he wanted them to think this. So he placed himself in that situation. It's just another layer of the con. That's how I read it anyway. Yeah, I, you, I saw it more as a plot hole. I saw it more as a, no, you know, I, I how, did think, you, how did you muck that up? Well, I think he said, he, he thought, well, if this happens, then that's part of the plan. Because you see how it works out for him, though, remember? Oh, of course. It works out for yeah, him. Yeah. Put it this way. If this didn't happen, right, if, he's, if he takes Linus's spot, then he's he won't end up talking to Benedict at the end. Yeah, he'll be, true, he'll be, true, true. So there's all these things that wouldn't have happened. Yeah, you know okay, I mean? yeah. I'll see that. Yeah. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll concede. So uh, if fight night has arrived. Yeah, this is uh, it. Now we're, we're there. It. This is the night of the of the, of the the big deal. Uh, and Saul receives his suitcase. Benedict, uh, this is the very scene. Benedict notices Danny in the West lots. Yep. But did, did you a like bloke, this bloke? Yeah, uh, some bloke angry, goes, hey, weird guy's calling out to Saul. And he's going, where's this bloke? And that's the moment that yeah. Benedict... Really gets oh, his he, back up. He's he, like, "Hang on a minute, this yeah. bloke, I don't feel great about." Yeah. Like, and he says that to him. He says, "Because he won't, ta- he won't let him go to the vault now." He goes, he goes, oh, now I know, was he ever going to let him to the vault? We don't really know. Well, but he's, well he's let not let into the vault itself. He's the only let into the security center. But but was do you, do you yeah. think before no. that no. lack of he trust, he was ever going to do that? He told him. He said earlier. He told him. I think before this that you're not going to let in, but I'll let you into oh, the okay. security center, into the cage, so you can watch it. On the monitors, right, remember, okay. he said. Because um, he says here he doesn't trust him. Exactly right. So he goes in there uh, into the security to watch his case placed in the vault. Yen is uh, brought in, remember, by uh, Virgil and Turk. They yep. bring him in. Remember, they have that argument. He goes, oh, you forgot your yeah, card, yeah. you idiot. And the bloke goes, keep your voices down. And then they go, where's this got to go? He goes, in the vault. See you yep. later. And then it goes in. <laughs> they take it in. Um so Yen is in there. Linus then becomes well, they put over. The, remember, they put the briefcase on top of Yen's on thing. On top of the suitcase, Which you're yes. like, oh, man, uh, that's how he gets out because yeah. we've seen him practice. But, he, but he, yeah, we know what happens. We know there. what happens, but still. Um, it's it's all it's just those little things, though. I know, mate. You know what I mean? All it would take is for one little thing to go wrong. That's what, that's what amazed me about the movie. It's a massive stretch that everything's going to work out. Of course. And, and no, but to their credit, there's a couple of things that went against it, like Danny sort of pulling out of the plan and doing something different. Yeah. But... So One they do pivot thing. a few times, yeah. Oh, yeah. They've got to be quick on their feet. But Linus comes in posing as the Nevada Gaming Commission agent yeah. and asks to see Terry Benedict. Yeah. Now, cut to Danny, who has con- confronted uh, Tess once again. No, Dan. No. I want you I out just of here. One way. moment. No, I've had it with this. Come here. Okay. Tess, come here. Hey. You are up to something, Danny. What? And don't say you came here for me. You're pulling a job, aren't you? Well, know this. No matter what it is, you won't win me back. Tess, I just came to say goodbye. Now, there's a there's a great bit here with uh, Linus as the Nevada commissioner yep. and, and Terry just in this moment before this yep. or after it where – because you there's a bit earlier where Brad Pitt is 
grilling Linus on how to not yes. not ruin this whole thing, right? That's one of my lines, favorite lines for later. Because the, yeah. the best part, but I, you guys got to be forgettable. You yeah. got to be you got to be forgettable. But you know, he he cha- like Terry challenges him. He goes, he goes, how long have you been working at the commission? He goes, oh, about eight months. He goes, how have you, how was, uh, you work with old mate, you know? He goes, oh, not since he died. And it's like that he passes he this tests. test, yeah. which also of goes course. to how diligent and meticulous oh, yeah. Linus is at that yeah, job, which I absolutely. think is really cool. Absolutely. So here we have, uh, Danny's said goodbye to Tess. Frank is now being, remember he, he takes, they take Frank into a back room. So there's, uh, Linus posing as the Nevada Gaming Commission yeah. agent. Frank in the in the interrogation room and Benedict there P.S. as well. Do you yes. do you really think that the owner of the casino would be involved in these? Well, things? they qualify it earlier. Remember, they've, he he said it once himself, and even Linus when he was following, him, he goes, he knows about everything that happens in his casinos and often so deals with things him personally. Him being a control freak, yeah, yeah. Okay, gotcha. Remember, he says okay. he often deals with that things personally. So they were banking on him being yep. in charge and wanting to be there. Okay. Yeah. Because he, he knows everything that's going on in yeah. his casinos. Mr. Benedict, I'm afraid you've been employing an ex-convict. And as you know, the NGC is... Goddamn cracker. <laughs> cracker. Excuse me? You heard what I said. Black man can't earn a decent wage in this state. That is oh, absolutely like You're going to try to throw me sir. out on the street? No one's throwing... I'm trying to do my job, yeah, sir. Do your job. What you want from me, man? Want me to get on the table and dance? Let me shine your shoes? Want me to smile at you? You definitely won't let me deal the cars. You might as well call it White Jack. <laughs> That's a good <laughs> That is very good. So this this escalates this little exchange, and he actually makes a lunge at So they Linus. have a physical confrontation. Because so, you are wondering, why yeah. is this happening? This well, is one of those moments that I don't remember seeing. You know, yes. so, so it's these little things that that come up at me when I rewatch yeah. these kind of movies. And you're thinking, why, why is this even happening? Is it just to distract Terry and get him out of the casino for a while? And then they have this physical confrontation. You immediately see uh, Linus get pushed into Terry and move away, and you think he pickpocketed him. That's exactly what's happening. Right. He's just got the codes out and of his he, pocket. And even if you watch closely, when he does it, he sort of backs away and sort of puts his hand on his chest, but he goes in and grabs the codes. Yeah. And as he goes behind Benedict, he gives he gives he, he Frank goes, a nod. He says to him, he's, got, he's got it, so yes. we're all good. Yeah. Otherwise, they yeah. would have gone again. Yeah. They maybe, would have had another maybe, little stoush, yeah. I think. Yeah. Uh, but as they're making their way back, Linus tells Benedict, "Is oh, I'd left my pager back there, uh, and this is fight night. Don't forget." Yeah, so and it's Benedict a busy just night. lets him run. And he goes, "You know what? Can you find your own way out? I'm out of here." So he goes back yeah. to the to the uh, to the room. Yeah. Now, meanwhile, Linus is using the codes now, the codes that he now possesses, to get into the vault elevator. Yep. Now, Danny, remember he says, oh, Danny Ocean's in the west lot, so he's apprehended he's by those two big thugs, right? two thugs, yeah. And so he's taken into a back room, and then another dude turns up and goes, oh, so obviously he's got a bloke that brought in to work him over yep. in the in this interrogation room. Because he thinks he's going to meet um, Terry Benedict, he's told. Yeah. Um, and then they open the door, and there's this big thug there who walks in, they shut the door, and he just clocks him one, yeah. and he's like, "Whoa, whoa, he goes, hang yet. on a minute!" And then yeah. you immediately realise, <laughs> yeah. "Hang on a minute, he's in on the con." So now Benedict and Tess are now in the MGM Grand Garden Arena. So yep. this is the um, the the big the big arena at MGM. Have you ever been in there? Don't think so. Yeah. No. It's at the back of the the back of the casino there. So anyway, the heavyweight match between did you recognise the fighters? No. Lennox Lewis. And Vladimir Klitschko. Two, I did recognize they were Lennox. current heavyweight. He was the guy. They were the guys that uh, dem, uh, yeah, put the demolition. Down the demolition. Yes. Yes. Correct. Correct. 
So um, that's going on. Meanwhile, Saul is in the security room and he popped a couple of pills. I don't know whether this was to make himself. He was no, sweating he'd, he'd been, profusely. He'd been having those. like They look like yeah. heartburn medication. He'd been having those all the time. We'd, yes. we'd seen him pop many of those pills. But he also looked unwell earlier, like yes. when he was just preparing to go out. Well, this is the point. When he collapses here, my thought was, oh, shit. Is this real? Is, is, he, like, is he really yeah, having a heart attack? That's right. Right? And then they call 911, and, of course, they've intercepted the call. They go, 911. And so then you next see um, Brad P- Rusty yep. turn up in, in a wig to see to Yeah, see and then you the realise, hang on a minute, this is part of the plan. Yes. But it just didn't seem like it. It seemed- I know. Well, I think that's a, that was a nice little curveball because you think, oh, my God, that's going to ruin everything. Yeah. It's weirdly, yeah. it's weirdly scripted because you think that this is – not part of the yeah. plan, only for it to turn out to be well, part of the plan. Turns out that when he collapses, in, in, don't forget, he collapses in the room where all the security monitors are. So every security guard has what looked at him on the ground, and that was the point where Livingston changed the video feed. Yes, from the live feed to their recording. Yes, remember? so which we find out later. Yeah, yes. so we that, that was the he changed the feed. So in fact, they never wanted um, Sold to go into the vault. They no. only wanted him to come to the security center as far center as he could because have gone. it turned out he was going to be the distraction Correct. for the security center. It's that's it. I mean, it is yeah. all genius in the end. But uh, this is the bit I like where Danny sneaks out of that room with a thug and uh, heads into into the air duct and uh, a little surprise occurs. Oh! Now you really didn't think I was going to sit this one out, did you? What, you didn't trust me? I do now. Again, another re- that very line to me says this was all meant to happen. Like, don't forget, he handpicked Linus, mm. remember, as the as the eleventh guy. Yeah, he knew how capable he was, right? Yeah. So I reckon this was all part of the plan to have him to be him to be naturally be given because at that point he all he was doing was tailing Benedict. He never really had a job, and yeah. so I reckon this was all part of the plan. Okay. Yeah. So uh, Rusty's posing as a doctor says, uh, "We've lost him, Mister Zerga, Saul." Uh, just a little side note here. Yeah. Did you notice the wig that he was wearing? He was wearing a wig? Yeah. Rusty? That was the same wig that Mike Myers used to rehearse for Austin Powers. Honestly. International Man of Mystery. Do they not believe? have many props at these well, joints? No, I think it would have been, it was just a thrill to have Austin Powers one in there <laughs> from 1997. Now, everyone's in position uh, when Barry, Basher triggers the pinch. And cuts the power across the entire city. Boom. Bang. I love this moment Blackout. because he's, he's, the van's there, the pinch it's is there. It's in the middle of the fight too. He's, he's like wanting to press this thing. And it's like, this. I mean, what happens? Like yeah. you wouldn't have witnessed a pinch goal before. Yeah. So like, is it going to hurt me? Is then it, it going to explode? And what happens? Twisted the van and sort it of, thinks of it and yeah. it goes. Woof, woof, and and, and they, they bring the power out just strategically across yeah. the city in enough pace. So they had 30 seconds, a, remember? Yes. 30 seconds. So to this point. Danny and Linus, remember, they were already on top of the elevator shaft with the zip lines. Yep. Remember, the vault had all these li- these these uh, laser beams. If they break the beam, yep. so they got down the bottom of the vault when that when the power went out. Um, so they try and set up, but when they get there, they try to they set up the bombs and try to set off, but the trigger doesn't work. Maybe yeah. it's oh, the batteries. They they and luckily Linus carried spare batteries. Maybe he put the spare batteries in it, and boom, it he goes does off. Strike these I think too. Yen was inside. I think his hand was stuck in the thing. He was stuck, and and I think Del, which he wouldn't have been if he hadn't had the broken hand because it was stuck yeah, because of the, the bandage, the, the width to, of it and the size. You had of to it. rip yeah. the bandage out. 
So as Benedict and Tess are now leaving the fight, there's been a bit of chaos during the blackout. There were people trying to steal uh, chips off the tables. Yes, there's a bit of chaos of going on. It's a on. blackout. You're going to take yeah. everything. Let's go. So uh, he, uh, the Rusty calls her on a phone that uh, our man Danny planted on her. Who the hell is this? The man who's robbing you. What the hell's going on in the vault? Nothing, sir. It's all normal. Show me. I'm afraid you're mistaken. You're watching your monitors? Okay. Keep watching. In this town, your luck can change just that quickly. Remember he, he, good line. He, he showed him then because there was nothing happening, and, and then, then they, they switched to it the, to the to, to what is to the, the live, live feed, feed with the the, the, the bags. And you could see people in the vault. Yeah, and the bags are marked with an X. Yeah, and they're in there. Um, and then he makes this proposition. All right, you proved your point. You broke into my vault. Congratulations, you're a dead man. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. May I ask how you expect to leave? Do you believe I'm going to allow you to parade bags full of my money out my casino door? No, you're going to carry it out for us. Why would I do that? Take a closer look at your monitor. As your manager's probably reporting to you now, you have a little over $160 million in your vault tonight. You may notice we're only packing up about half that. The other half we're leaving in your vault, booby-trapped, as a hostage. You let our $80 million go, and you get to keep yours. That's the deal. You try and stop us, we'll blow both cash limits. Mr. Benedict, you can lose $80 million tonight secretly, or you can lose $160 million publicly. It's a great, it's a yeah. great part of the plot, yeah. you know, because as Benedict, you're thinking, Phew. I mean, he's always going to think revenge. He's always going to think he's going to get to him, but you're definitely going to think, I'd I think it's easier just to go 80, yeah, yeah, exactly. In the meantime, I think he, he, he on the, what he covered the phone up, he goes, call 911. Yeah. And I, I might even do it on myself. I'm off mic. I thought it was weird, yeah. Um, he calls and asks for a SWAT team. Yes. Right. And naturally, that Dell intercepts the 911 uh, of calls. Course. He goes, 911. And so he's in control there. But Rusty's still on the phone to Benedict when he runs into Tess. Tess. Okay. It's all right, Tess. You have a deal. I promise. Fantastic. Here's what you do. The guys in the vault will deposit six bags into the vault elevator. The elevator will rise to your cages. Three of your guards will pick up the bags and carry them out into the casino. Now, if they take more than 20 seconds to reach the casino floor, or there's any indication a switch has been made, we'll blow the money in the bags and the money in the vault. He's in the casino by the slots. Of course I'm in the casino. In fact, I'm staying in your hotel. I have two words for you. Mini bar. <laughs> As soon as your guards hit the casino floor, a white, unmarked van is going to pull up in your valet station. Your guards will load the bags into the van's rear. If anyone so much as approaches the driver's door, we'll blow everything. When I get word the van is away and the money is secure, my men will exit the building. And once their safety is confirmed, you will get your vault back. Our team is here. Here with the security guy. Yeah, SWAT team's here. SWAT Let's team's go. Here. So Benedict tells the SWAT team uh, to leave. He instructs his men. Uh, no, sorry, the SWAT team enters the vault. Yep. And then you hear all it's the violence. The, the lights go out, explosions, 
and you think, oh, the money's been all blown up, yeah. right? Uh, in the meantime, Benedict also instructed after this, he says, okay, you you get out, instruct his own men to go retrieve the money that's in the van heading yeah. to McCarran Airport, that's which right. is which is a short drive from the strip. That is right. Um, so while they while they get there, they when they get there, they find the van's empty, driven by remote control. And how funny was it when when uh, Rusty, not Rusty, the Virgil, I think, or two, one of the guys, Casey Affleck's character. The, the guys were approaching the van and he's, he moves he's forward. He goes, oh, hang on a minute. Where are we? <laughs> and, and, and Ruben goes, stop this idiot, idiot. Like, let him get in there. And um, so then he, he realises that they the bags blow up and they're filled with flyers for hookers. And anyone that's been to Vegas <laughs> up until really the last couple of years, because yeah. they don't really do it anymore. Um, don't they? No, it's a little bit less. Yeah. Right, okay. They're just flicking at you. They just want to oh, keep giving you these flyers yeah. and these hookers. Yeah. And so that's what the bags are filled with. So now we know that uh, our man Benedict has been played. Yep. Walsh, cue up the tape to the robbery. Yes, sir. I'm looking at the tape now. Does it say Bellagio on the vault floor? No, it doesn't. Uh, I don't understand. We had it installed on Tuesday. The images we saw of those men robbing us was a tape. It was staged. Somebody made a duplicate of my vault. And what we saw on the monitor wasn't actually happening. I don't understand. What happened to all that money? At that point, you would have yelled at that bloke and said, mate, you're an idiot. Yeah. Stay with the program. The SWAT team's walking out with it. And yeah. you notice the SWAT team is walking out with yeah. it. That's the rest that's of the, the crew. crew. Yeah. Now, there is a little bit of a plot hole here because when the SWAT team was called, right, and they were about to enter the vault... Uh, Rusty was on the phone in front of Tess. Yeah. So how and he, you see him a second later, walk. Well, oh, he got uh, changed real quick. Yeah, he uh, he can be in two places at once. But anyway, yeah. um, so yeah, they're they're out with the cash, mate. And uh, Benedict heads. And back. Benedict immediately thinks, "Hang on a minute, yeah. Danny Ocean yeah. is involved here." So he heads back where Danny's being held and uh, sees he's been worked over a little bit, but uh, he asks the question. <laughs> hey, Benedict. How's the other fight going? Pick him up. Alright. You have a hand in this? Did I have my hand in what? I'm gonna ask you one more time. Did you have a hand in this? Benedict, I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay. You're free to go. So it's at this point Tess receives a phone call. Remember, I think Rusty tells her, look, just go to your just room. Just go to your room. And he receives a call and she says, I'll tune into a Channel 88. Channel 88. And uh, where she sees Bennett confronting Danny, assuming that he had something to do with the robbery. And so... Uh, Danny and Benedict have this revealing conversation. What happened, Benedict? Did you get robbed or something? <laughs> Stop. I'm going to give you one last chance. Where's my money? What if I told you I could get your money back? 
If you give up Tess, what would you say? I would say yes. All right. I know a guy. We were in the joint together. <laughs> Anybody pulls any job in the Western United States, he knows about it. You give me 72 hours, I'll find out who took your money. So, you know, did you hear the change in audio there? Yeah. Because it was coming through the TV, so Tess was watching it on TV. Yes. And so when it became better quality, that's him talking to him in, in actually in, in person in the yeah, hallway. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, Danny is handed to the police. And this was a great shot when the lift opens and, and Benedict gets about to get in the lift and you see Tess walk out of the lift. And just the, the – they, they didn't need any words, just their, their – Looking into her eyes, he knows that he's stuffed up, yeah. right? And then she lays a line on him that that I think that he I think he said himself. You of all people should know, Terry. In your hotel, there's always someone watching. Boom. Which which because he, he said that to her earlier when she just went to give him a kiss. Yeah. In in the museum, right. it yeah. wasn't even like who cares? Yeah, true. Yeah. It he was a weird no. thing because it's like, dude, what does it matter? Like yeah. people know you're dating her, but yeah, he wouldn't give her a kiss because yeah. there were security cameras, and yeah. that's what he said. That to was her. a good payoff. Yeah. Uh, so Tess ch- ends up chasing after Danny as he's being loaded in the police car and says, "Oh, oh." He, he says, "Look, I'll see you in three to six months," and she says, "Okay, I'll wait for you." Yeah. Which was lovely. Lovely. And then the next, this scene is a favorite as well. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the crew because you could pretty much end it there, to be honest. Oh yeah. Easily. The, the crew gathers in front of the Bellagio fountains. And you know what the music? The Claire de Lune is playing as they're, okay. as they're watching the fountains. And one by one, they leave. Hmm. Now, the scene that they filmed there, uh, everyone, the, the director said he wanted Rusty to leave first and he wanted Saul to leave last. So Carl Reiner to leave last. And they, the rest of them just improvise when they're going to when they're going to go. Okay, my turn. I'm off. It looked like it was it was organised. Yeah, that was just randomly. They just sort of left as they felt fit. Wow. Yeah, that's cool. Three to six months later, Danny's released from prison, and Rusty's waiting for him to, with Tess in the car as well. Thirteen million, and you drive this piece of shit cross country to pick me up. Blew it all on the suit. Where are they? Back row, silver sedan, ten o'clock. Stopped and picked up your personal effects. Hope you don't mind. <laughs> Hi. Hi. We need to get Rusty a girl. There's a women's prison down the road. <laughs> and they drive you said off. You sold this. I said that. You liar. Thief. <laughs> Liar, Did you notice thief. the two, the two, the Because that was the argument him? they had in that scene that we thought yeah. was brilliant earlier, liar, liaring thief, thief, and there was a yeah. lot of that. And so, because remember she said, "Oh, yeah. you sold the ring," but yeah. Anyway, did you catch the line? Some some cool lines here, starting with this one. I need a reason. <sighs> Don't say money. Why do this? Why not do it? Because yesterday I walked out of the joint after losing four years of my life, and you're cold decking teen beat cover boys. Because the house always wins. Play long enough, you never change the stakes. The house takes you. Unless, when that perfect hand comes along, you bet big, and then you take the house. Been practicing this speech, A little bit. Did I rush it? Felt like I rushed <laughs> it. I liked it. <laughs> a little bit. And then did they I, just get the rush it? Oh, that's yeah. very good. <clears throat> this is another cool line. You scared? 
You suicidal? Only in the morning. <laughs> and uh, this is the scene where um, he's telling Linus how to act. Don't touch your tie. Look at me. Okay. I ask you a question. You have to think of the answer. Where do you look? No good. You look down, they know you're lying. And up, they know you don't know the truth. Don't use seven words when four will do. Don't shift your weight. Look always at your mark, but don't stare. Be specific, but not memorable. Be funny, but don't make him laugh. He's got to like you and then forget you the moment you've left his sight. And for God's sake, whatever you do, don't under any circumstance. Russ. Yeah. Can you take a look at this? Sure. And he doesn't answer that. He goes, whatever you do, and he doesn't say what no. it is. <laughs> <laughs> just, That's funny. Uh, All right. How did that happen? Some solid plot holes here. Yep. Okay. Um, an EMP, or pinch yes. in this case, would uh, not only disable uh, electric circuitry, it would destroy it and need to be replaced. Oh, wow. Yeah. So is that – I know he mentioned, he goes, you get it, you get, you don't get the destruction, you get the 17th century. Yes. So was it, is the pinch a sort of type of EMP that just disables stuff or destroys it? I don't think there is an such EMP, a thing. Yeah, I don't think there is such an a EMP thing. There's an EMP and there's, there's, there's just an EMP, isn't yeah, it? I, I yeah, d I don't know that there really okay. is such a thing. Yeah. A little bit of license used there. A little bit. The other – I question this also from the early viewings of this movie. Why did Saul need to smuggle the explosives into the vault? Remember the the jewels in the case were explosives. I, you know what? Here's the thing. Yeah, I actually thought about that. Yeah, but I, Yen I missed taken the bit. Him. I missed the bit where they were explosives. To be honest, I thought, remember they put them on the outside of the vault door. Remember they put them outside, and he there was there was four of them, and they 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 were they were magnetic and they put them on top of the the top of the vault door the lock. Well, that, yeah. that was they brought it. And they they remember brought that the thing, in from the, the trigger outside. never worked. No, no, but that was in the case. Oh no, they had their no, but sorry, Yen Yen, Yen had to get them. Had to get him out of the case and oh. put him inside as well. Well, look, the only the only yeah. reason is because he needed to get Saul into the vault, into the security room. Maybe, yeah. Quite because, but the but that could have been just fake. Oh. That could have been fake jewels. So did he take? Yen, the, did Yen, he take? Did Yen take the the green crystals and put out them out of the right. case? Yeah. So they're I, in the case. I, I'm to be honest, I completely missed that. I yeah. I thought the the case was just a complete uh, nefarious thing that no, well, no consequence, only to get Saul into the security cell. Yen took the explosives because out of Yen the case. Could have, Yen could have just taken could have them taken himself. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Now, um, the all that cash that they took, right? So it would have been too heavy. Too yeah, I heavy mean, it would have been carry out. Out, too outrageously much heavy. Yeah. So, if, the, the, uh, like, imagine lifting, like, Fennecum. Uh, yeah, it just didn't make any sense the the weight or, or the size of what they were carrying out. To be yeah, honest. I'm just I'm just quickly googling because I got I got a pound value here. Here I wanted in in kilos. Yeah. So apparently, well, how many pounds? Um, how many pounds is it? Twenty two pounds in kilos is ten yeah, kilos. Ten. So one million dollars in cash weighs ten kilos. So yeah, multiply that by one hundred and sixty three. Yeah. And you've got. That's that's why you got a hundred. You got nearly a ton. You got to be carrying out. That makes sense. So uh, and then divide that by eleven. So each of them would be carrying out three hundred twenty-six pounds. But it wasn't, it wasn't eleven of them, even though, because there was Danny was out. Yeah, like correct, they weren't yeah. all there. There was only so like six or seven of them as the, as the SWAT team. They're carrying out one hundred and forty-seven kilos each. They're not even benching. And, that. and, and that's and that's not even eleven of them. You're right. There's only eight of them in there. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Uh, when. Um, Linus threatens to destroy the money. Yeah. So the threat. So so when, when Rusty says, "Are hey, you either lose eighty or lose everything?" Yeah. Wouldn't Benedict? He'd be insured, wouldn't he, for all that? 
He could have said, mate, blow up what you want. I'm insured. Do what you like. I'm going to kill you. I'm I going mean, to come down there and kill you. I don't know. I think they might be insured for what's in the safe but not yeah. in the vault kind of thing. Uh, the Bellagio would be insured, I'd say. Yeah. If, there were, if they did destroy the money, he would have just filed an insurance claim to recover the value of yeah, the stolen cool. currency. Fair cool. Because that would have been considered stolen if he blew it up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, here's another solid plot hole, and the director admits this in the commentary, the DVD commentary. He says, how did they get the flyers into the vault? Remember they packed him in oh, the yeah. remember they packed him in the bag with the X's on it? Yeah. Sorry to spoil the fun here, but that like that's pretty that was those six bags full of yeah, flies. They would have, they they would have needed you know, they they did get in the, the trolley for yen. Yeah. But they would have needed six of those and, well, trolleys. He, he admitted he goes, there's no way they could have carried him in there. They 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 said, Yeah, you got us. That's a that's a plot. Yeah, fair <laughs> cool. Okay. All right. Things you might not know. Yeah. The Bellagio let the crew actually tap into their security system. Wow. To get real surveillance footage of the casino. See, now that was one of my them? number one questions was yeah. how much uh, of the Bellagio was involved here, you know? I'm glad you asked. It was estimated that up to 30% of the casino was used by the production at any given time. Wow. 30% of a casino. That's yeah. huge. Massive. But free ad for Bellagio though, isn't it? Yeah. Like, put it I, this way. did you, Would you have known yeah. about the Bellagio without this movie? Yeah. You would have found out about it, but yes. b- before you went to Vegas for the first time, my thoughts were, "I've got to see the Bellagio." Right. Well, yeah. Uh, no, I, I was I was sent to the. We stayed in the Bellagio on our honeymoon. Oh, lovely. Um, because John Burgess told us we had to. Right. And I'm like, if Burgess says I have to, absolutely. I have to. But I was thinking about it as this. This is an absolute tourist movie. Yeah. And so it's, it's like yeah. you know the the navy and, and or, or, or air force and and mission impossible yes. right oh sorry um if the, na- the navy gun, helped you know yeah, like with, uh, you, you, you do gun. that yeah. because it does in the end it's promote promoting. the concept of it so yeah Absolutely. I think yeah. you get right over this in fact the lead cast members lived at the Bellagio during filming I can imagine they, they each, did each had a seven thousand square foot villa lovely hello that'd be pretty good uh Shawbo Quinn who made uh, the the acrobat. This was his motion picture debut. Oh, good on him. He was uh, rehearsing with the Peking acrobats when he was spotted and asked to audition for the role. How do you um, audition, mate? You can acrobat. Now, do you remember there was a line in the movie where um, he goes, okay, he goes, but you're, he goes, but you're a dead man. He goes, if you if I catch you buying a $100,000 sports car, he goes, I'm going to be disappointed, but I'm going to be there and you're not going to like it. That line, he said, the line is, if you should be picking up a $100,000 sports car in Newport Beach, I'm going to be supremely disappointed. Now, this is apparently uh, Steve Wynn, who was the, he's the yeah. the, the head honcho of Vegas, right? Yeah. Owns a lot. He's sort of the Terry Benedict Doesn't of real anymore. life, yeah. right? Yeah. But his daughter was kidnapped and the kidnappers were caught when they bought an expensive sports car. Wow. Yeah. So that was in reference to that. Wow. So Terry Benedict was basically the Steve Wynn. Yeah. Steve Wynn in real life is Terry yep. Benedict. That's yeah. right. Now, Don Cheadle, he, I'll talk about his his crappy Cockney accent in a moment, okay. but he was uncredited in the movie. He don't, never had a credit. You look carefully, his name is not on the movie. Why? It's because he had a he blew up about the he just there was a dispute over his billing. He wanted his name above the titles with George Clooney, Matt Damon, and Brad Pitt. Mate, you're kidding yourself. Yeah. Well, that's what he wanted. I don't think he was an Oscar nominee at that time, but that's what happened. And when he refused, he says, okay, don't credit me at all. 
but he was uh, he did receive above the title billing for Oceans 12 and Oceans 13, but everyone did. But at the, for the first one, it was just you know how it's it's got their names yeah, literally right. above the title. It's it'll say like George Clooney, Brad Pitt, Oceans 11. Yeah, that's right. what he meant. But he didn't still get got it. his money though. Let's be real. Oh, for sure. Now let's talk about his accent, right? Now you know you know he's American. You thought he was a British guy. Yeah, he's I thought American. It was good. I he's thought American. It was a good accent. He's American, right? Um, and he, the critics gave him a bit of a touch up about his accent. And he said, you know what? I agree. It wasn't very good. Uh, but in the next two oceans, he talked about having a fake accent and is then seen in the other movies reading a book on how to pull off an American accent. So he could sort of revert back to his accent, pretending that he's not, that's not his native uh, language, right? Yeah. Huh. Did you that's notice? Funny. Here's a good one. Did you notice yeah. in nearly every scene that Rusty is in, yeah. he's eating something? Yeah, he's Did always he's always with yeah. a little peanuts or something. Yeah. He's always eating. And this was apparently Brad Pitt's idea. He said he'd be busy that he'd rarely be able to eat. He'd be so busy, so he'd be eating all the time on the run. So it was uh, it was decided that he, he just eats all the time. Huh. And when he was eating, having worked all day without a break for lunch, he was hungry. And he thought it'd be a good character trait for Rusty as well. So, mm. and do you remember at the very end of the movie where he, he actually throws out his his food when he picks up Danny? Yeah, I think he's and he touches his heart. He's got he got heartburn or something. <laughs> um, do you remember when Terry, Benedict, and Tess were evaluating the painting in the in yes. the museum? Yeah, that was a replica of Pablo Picasso's woman with a guitar, which was painted in 1914. The original is at the Museum of Modern Art in New York in wow. MoMA. Right. Now, here to answer your earlier question, the Elvis Presley song, mm. A Little Less Conversation, conversation a, little a Little More Action, action Please, uh, that was chosen because it was a nice song for the montage without being a an obvious Vegas song. Yes. So no, if it was no. Viva Las Vegas, it would right. be a bit cheesy. Yeah. So they but decided to go with that song. It was quintessentially Vegas because it was Elvis. Correct. But it received a remix for the movie by Thomas Holkenberg, Junkie XL. And Don't became yep. went to number one. Yeah. It was a hit. Yeah, it was a good remix. Yeah, uh, for the for the flashback scenes, did you notice how they looked slightly different? The flashbacks. Mm, yeah, because Steven Soderbergh used a forty five degree shutter effect, so it caused the film to be exposed to less light than normal, oh. so that it would look a bit more choppy. So it looked different to real modern time. Right. Alrighty, three questions for Trev. Had you been to Vegas before this movie came out? So had you been to no. Vegas before 01? No. Right. And me neither. Uh, question two. How much is 160 million divided by 11? I don't know. Would you That's, believe uh, it's 14 million five hundred and forty-five thousand four hundred and fifty-four dollars and 54 cents? Doing very well. Question three. Do Tess and Danny stay together this time? Yep. And forget the sequels. She, yeah. Oh, like, I don't remember <laughs> what happens, but, you know, she yeah. um, she goes back to him knowing full well that he's a crook. What she's in for, yeah. yeah. But, he's, but he's got 14 mil in the back, so he's doing That's probably part of it. Pretty too. helpful. <laughs> okay, that is Ocean's Eleven. Give us your wrap-up and rating. It is. I reckon it's one of the most rewatchable movies you can yeah. get because it's, it's just fun. It's pacey. It's unbelievably good acting. Yeah. It's a great story. 
Um, it doesn't matter that you know what happens yeah. because you kind of get to get to roll it's with it. And you look through yeah. a little bit. It's, bits it's of like it and stuff. the roller coaster. You know what's coming and you enjoy it. Yeah, no, I really liked it. I really liked it. It's a nine easily for me. Really? Yeah. I thought this might have been a ten for you, but I'm a nine five, but not quite a ten. But yeah, I, f- I feel like it's, it's a nine five. It's, yeah. a, it's a, almost a perfect movie. Yeah. So that's good. That's a high, with high rating for that's you. That's a big rating for Nine. Me. Let's that's, be real. That's yeah, massive yeah. for you. You have seen it a few times too. <laughs> Should we talk about next week? Let's go. Next week we're watching Liar Liar starring Jim Carrey. So this is a funny little movie. Which of these films was Jim Carrey not in? Okay. okay I'm not going to give you the obvious that Ace Ventura is ah! This is obvious. So which of these was, was he not, not in? in? Not in, not in. A, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. <laughs> B, the cable guy. C, doing time on Maple Drive. Or D, dude, where's my car? Dude, where's my car? Correct. Yeah, that's Owen Wilson and someone it's, else. Uh, dude. Actually, it's actually, um, dude. what's his is name? Married to me, Lacunas. Um, did work Ashton with Lenovo. Ashton Kutcher is in that with um, the, the Stifler from the American oh, Pie Stifler. movie. Yeah. Oh, I can't think of a different movie then. So that's correct. You got that one right. But he was in Eternal Sunshine Let's of the Spotless clear. Mind. I don't get a lot of those right, <laughs> so I'm pretty happy. That's excellent, Trev. Anyway, we hope you enjoyed Ocean's Eleven. Great and we movie. hope you enjoyed a Lie Lie, short movie too. Very short, hour 20. So you, you like fan. the short, Big fan. short movies. But it's very funny because it tells the story of a little kid who makes a birthday wish that his dad can't tell a lie. Yeah. And his daughter's his, his, his occupation, his dad is a lawyer. And he's in the middle of a case. Very funny. You've never seen it before, have you? No. Very funny movie. You'll enjoy it. Okay. Looking forward to you joining us next week. Bring we hope on. you enjoyed Ocean's Eleven. Join us next week for Liar Liar. See, See you, mate.